in this month of February, we will look at how we can be strong in God through knowing Him. How can we be strong by having a true knowledge? Just imagine that when you are in the midst of a war, you are in a field, in a terrain, in a place that you need to know. You need to know where you are. You need to know where you have to run. What if this happened, that happened? Where is the exits? And it's like having a map. When you are in a warfare, I believe when we talk about strategy, how to win the war, they need to map it out. They need to know where we are, where we are going, and what to do. The same thing with our spiritual journey. God has given us a map, which is His Word. And when we become knowledgeable into the will of God, into the ways of God, it's like having a map. You know, oh, this is going this way. Oh, right now we are in this way. While on the other hand, somebody or someone who doesn't know anything, doesn't know where are we, what's happening now, where should we go, they don't know anything about that. They will be in a position of vulnerability. So, you and I can become strong when we know. And in fact, there are people in some churches, they don't even know what's going to happen in the last days. Because they weren't taught about that. And sometimes, some people even doesn't know about the Antichrist. So it's very important that we get to know the Word of God. We get to know the first source. You can listen to preachers in the YouTube speaking. But if you never get to the first source, which is the Bible itself, you will not know truly because you need to come to the first source. So be strong through knowing. Let's read from Daniel 11, verse 32. It says, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. The first he is the Antichrist. This chapter in the Daniel, Daniel were, was given vision about what's going to happen. So God already told before things are going to happen, God already declared. So we need to get to know what God is saying. And God is saying that the Antichrist will even seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant and he will even defile 
the temple of God. So that's the situation and the things that happening in this chapter. But in the midst of this ultimate contempt toward God, maybe also ultimate persecutions, this is a very difficult time. Because the Antichrist will say, worship no other but worship me. And in that moment of very difficult time to maintain your faith, to maintain your trust in God, it says, the people who know their God shall stand firm. And take action. So, in the midst of the shakings that are coming, God says, if you know your God, if you come to know the word know here is experiential knowledge. It's not only hearing about God, but you are experiencing yourself. You have that uh, Moments in your life where God is just talking to you. God is helping you. God is right there before, beside you to be in your circumstances, in your problems. That's the word know there. You know by experience. You know by walking with God. And the people who have this kind of knowledge of God is the one that is unshakable so I encourage you to build your strength now when the shaking comes you already being established being unshakable but when the shaking comes and at that moment you just try to build your strength, that's kind of a little bit too late. So when you are given time and opportunity now, when everything is still in peace, this is the time to build your strength, to build your family, to build into your loved ones, so that when the shaking comes, you become unshakable because you have walked with God. And you know this um, Daniel that was given such a great vision. This man three times is being told by the angel of God. You man Greatly beloved. Daniel is being called as a man who is greatly desirable, greatly precious in the sight of God. This is a very good name to have. And if you become that person who is greatly beloved, then you become unshakable. 
even though he has to be thrown into the lion's den, he was still firm with his God. So let's see, we will expose today from John 15. We will read from verse 9 until verse 17. And we will look at these verses, how we can be strong by knowing God. Let's read these verses first. John's, John 15 verse 9 start. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Amen. So we look here in John 15, Jesus is telling the disciples, you have to abide in me. I am the true vine, you are the branches, and my Father is the vine dresser. So you have to abide in the vine. If you want to become strong, there is no other option. If you do not abide in the vine, you will become withered. And finally, people will throw you into the fire. In order to be strong, you have to keep Staying in the vine. So number one, we look here. After Jesus is talking about you have to abide in me. And then in verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, as so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So Jesus is saying what he's been talking about abiding in the vine is exactly what he means is abiding in his Love. When you think about it, what's the reason of some people to be together always? Because they love one another, right? Maybe some good friends, really good friends, stick together. Why? Because they like each other. So there is no other reason if you can abide in the vine except if you love God. God wants you to keep staying in His love. Now, this is a very good place to be 
You are being lavish. You are being given such a great love. But many times, we do not even take that invitation. Many times, we even ignore. Many times, we even neglect the voice of God with His love. Trying to call us again and again. Come, spend time with me. Come, come away with me. And he even proved in verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And if I can ask you today, is anyone here ever had Someone died for you. Most of us, we do not have somebody died for us, right? Maybe we see it in the movies, yes. But in reality, do you ever have someone died for you? If you had, you must be in debt to that person or to their family your whole life. And Jesus said, I have laid down my life for you. So in other words, here, I say that I love you, but I really do not just say it, but I Prove it. I've given my own son, only one son, for you. And God says, because I have showed it, I have proved it to you. Stay in my love. Now, this invitation to stay in His love is an open invitation to us all. Just like in 1 John 4, verse 19, it says, We love because God first loved us. So, God is saying, all of you, you've never taken that first step. I am the one. I am the one who took that first step to come after you, to search for you, and to love you. So God has given his invitation of love open to everyone. But the interesting thing is, even if you read the Bible, not everyone is being called greatly beloved not everyone we see Daniel three times he's being called greatly beloved another one we see is the Apostle John beloved by God so if the invitation is open to us all so now it depends on our response. 
if you know that God has already calling you with His great love. Just like in Jeremiah, He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God has loved us from everlasting. Even before you were born, God has loved you. Now, if we have received that invitation, everyone received the same invitation. It's up to us how we respond to His love. Like Daniel, he responds to God's love by it's being recorded three times a day. He set aside time to pray until his friends also noticed that Daniel prayed three times a day. So it means something that he does consistently. Something that he does really well. He doesn't move to the left or to the right. And staying in God's love, speaking about consistency. Husband and wives, you were before you got married, you were falling in love with each other, right? But the secret to a good marriage is being consistent in staying in love. Many people, they are not consistent. Down the road, they become so bitter, so disappointed. So there is no more love. So when we talk about staying in, in God's love, every one of us can start a good thing. But not everyone can stay being consistent. And this is what the Apostle Paul also said about God's love that we have to know. Ephesians 3, verse 17 until 19, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So when you stay as a branch on the vine, then you will be filled with all the fullness of the vine. All the nutrition will go to the branch until the branch bear fruits. So, Paul said in Ephesians, you need to know the love of Christ. Even he describes it to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. There's already height, but also depth. Because if you come to have experiential knowledge of the love of God, then nothing will shake you. Persecutions, 
famine, even death itself will not be able to separate you from the love of God. So this love of God is not preserved only for few, but it's open for all. It's up to us. Do we want to pursue? Do we want to really looking after God consistently? I believe that many of us fail in this test, consistency. And it's, it's not an easy thing to maintain your love with God. We found it, if we want to learn, just like Daniel, just like David. They are consistent in setting aside time for God. Daniel, three times a day. David is being said, seven times a day. And the second one we see here in First 10, John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Number two, how we can stay in love, because love means obedience. I think husband and wives can better understand this. When the Bible says, wives, Submit to your husband. Now you can ask your husbands at home. <laughs> if the wife say to the husband, I love you, my husband, but the wife never does what the husband asks her to do, the husband will say, do you really love me? <laughs> if the wife is always acting in contrary to the desire of the husband, the husband will say, do you really say I love you and you don't do what I want? And that's what God is saying. God is trying to teach us through our families, through our relationship. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So when we do not keep His commandments, when we do our own thing, when we say that, oh, that's not, I cannot do that, Lord. I'm too busy. I have to do this and that and that. So I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. And then the next day will be, uh, sorry, God, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. We intend to really do it tomorrow, but when it comes for the next day, we were kept in our busyness. So God says, do you really love me? 
Do you really want to stay in my love? So obedience, no matter how small God asks you to do, when you disobey, you are stepping aside from staying in His love. And God is so gracious. He will try again and again. Come on, do these little things. Come on, stop these little things. But if we keep on insisting, no, no, no. And then God says, okay, you have your own way. So obedience is very important. If you want to see your faith until the end, really pay attention to how you obey in little things. When God says, it's red light, you better stop. And you say, oh no, just... Little things. But when you start to learn obedience, that's what God wants. So, it says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And God is calling us, you are no longer slave. What does it mean? When Paul is saying that I am a slave of God, it's an attitude of submission to God that his whole life is all about doing the will of God. But God is saying, in intimacy, in relationship, I do not call you slave. Because slave cannot be really in a place of intimacy. But I call you friend. Because I tell you about everything that I hear from my father. And we become his friends if we do what he commands us. So it comes back to every one of us. How well do we obey God lately? Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your personal life. Do you obey when he told you to do things? If not, then this is time to start doing the things that he asked us to do. Because when we stop doing and obeying, then God stops speaking. And sometimes we, we are confused because, God, why you don't speak to me? And God is saying, because you haven't done what I told you before. So let's go back to do the things that God has asked us to do. Let's do that in obedience. And number three, obey to love. We have to obey. So what to obey? What to do? It's amazing that God is saying all these things. In verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So God is saying, if you love me, you obey me. And he's saying, this is my commandment. 
you have to love one another. So when you meditate about this, you know, it's very easy to, okay, God, I want to learn to love you. I want to stay in your love because God is all good to you. He is all loving to you. But when God is saying, love your enemies, how can I? I can love you, God. Love the ones that hurt you. And it's, if you think about the love of God, this is the purest form of love. The love of God is giving. The love of God is about the other person. While what we understand from this worldly love, love is about my happiness. Love is about when I feel good and love, I, I have all what I desire. But God is saying, you love others just as I have loved you. Now, when God loved us, He loved the unlovable because we were down in sin. We were really bad. We were being enemies with God. But God loved us. So when God says, love one another as I have loved you. That's not easy, right? He did not only say, forgive your enemies, but he said, love your enemies. Maybe some of you feel that you've been wounded in your heart. Maybe some of you feel like you're already being, you know, crushed. Not being treated fairly. Being treated like a trash. But God said, Forgive and love. And this is impossible without we experience the love of God first. Sometimes when I talk to wives who are in a difficult marital problems. Maybe the feeling of being looked down, the feeling of being always being put down, it's not being honored, it's not even being loved. And all those disappointments already in the heart, little by little, year by year. And if that pains 
disappointments is never being taken out. You cannot really love with a new heart. You have to get rid of those things that really clogged your heart, makes your heart sick. You need to be healed by the love of God first. When you have being healed by God's love, then you can do this third step. You can love as I have loved you. And because of the nature of the love of God, this is the kind of love that is always, always giving. God says, this is my commandment. You have to love one another. Friends, we live in a broken world. We live in a place where there are many things can go wrong. But when you abide in his love, you can overcome even the most bitter situation. The love of God will do that for you. Only his love from the vine supplying the branch. And that will give you all the things that you need to love the other. And let's read how we have proven love. 1 John 4, 20, 21. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. If this is what God says, if you say, I love God, but you hate your brother or sister, you cannot love God. That's what the Bible says so plain. So if we say, oh, I love God, but we still cannot forgive, then it means we do not love God. So if you want to stay in the vine, release that forgiveness. That's why I say forgiveness is a process. It's not one-time deal and that's it. Sometimes you get the intimidating thought coming back to you. You remember the sentence that really being hurtful to you. So you need to speak it out again. Release forgiveness again. It's a process. And the more you obey, the more you do it, the more you learn to step in obedience, leave it all to God. God will do the rest for you. Let me ask the musicians to come forward. God is calling us today in this time when all things is being shaken. He gives you invitation. Come, come into my love. 
come and stay in my love. That's the only place you will be unshakable. So let us all stand up together and we bring ourselves to God. We come to a place at the cross. That's where we realize how, how much, how great He loved us.